From deep in the heart of Texas, it's time to chain fires from freedom with another episode of the Clover Tack Podcast. Listen in as we have a conversation with people from the firearm industry and community. Are you ready for the show? We are too. Let's go. What's up, crew? It is uh, October 19th, 2023. Time for another CloverTech podcast powered by Monstrum Tactical, and we'll talk a little bit more about them uh, in just a minute. We've got One Shot TV. He's waiting patiently back in the green room, uh, probably eating all of the Krispy Kremes, drinking all the chocolate milk back there, but that's okay. That's what that stuff is for. Uh, we're going to uh, have what I hope is a, is a pretty good conversation today. Um, I want to say that we are proud to be members of the Firearms Radio Network. So go check that out, firearmsradio.net. All the cool podcasts and other shows uh, that are over there just uh, uploaded, I think, this morning, yesterday's episode uh, with uh, with uh, Matt from Lone Wolf Arms. Uh, and if you're into the engineering side of the firearm world, uh, great, uh, great podcast yesterday. So go check uh, out that replay. Uh, if you have a chance, uh, speaking of replay, for those that are in the replay world uh, joining in out there, welcome. And remember that we do record these live, so you do have the opportunity to jump in, participate in that live chat. But uh, if you're out there in the replay world, you can also participate wherever you're at. There's going to be comment sections below. So jump down there if you've got questions, whatever. Uh, and uh, just let us know that you're out there. If you are following in live, if you're showing up live, be sure to say, hey, that's number one. Uh, number two, if you have questions for our guests, then uh, we'll definitely get to those. Uh, I'm not going to derail the conversation, interrupt or anything like that, uh, but we will flag those. And I promise you, we will get to uh, the questions that are out there. Um, big shout out, big thanks, as always, to the Patreon patrons and the YouTube channel members. Got come, something kind of special coming for uh, you guys probably a little bit later today. Uh, you guys did get a early video drop yesterday. So uh, if you're curious about all that stuff, you're not a channel member, you're not a patron, but uh, you would like to check into that. Well, again, there's always links uh, down below. Uh, so yeah, Monster Tactical. We'll talk about them for uh, just a second. LPVOs, scopes. Uh, red dot sights, prism sights, mounts, rings, pretty much anything and everything to do with uh, the optic world. Uh, Monstrum has it. And uh, yeah, if you got some budget constraints, well, they're friendly with uh, with that as well. Uh, I've got one here that uh, very seldom they'll bring one out that I show, but I've got one here. This is the Monstrum Cyborg. This is a prism sight. And if you're not familiar with the prism sight, well, it's basically got an etched reticle. This one is uh, also lights red and green, uh, various levels of brightness. I believe this is the one power. Not real sure. I think they offer this in a one and a three. It's what they call the cyborg, which is one of the coolest names I think you could have for an optic. But uh, haven't really landed on it. I've had this on several firearms, played around with it, but haven't really landed on what its permanent home is going to be yet. Um, yeah, so if you're out there, if you are listening and you've got suggestions on, hey, that'll work well for this, that, or the other, uh, definitely be sure to let me know. Uh, and again, big thanks to uh, Monstrum Tactical for uh, helping us out here on the uh, podcast. So with that all out of the way, let's get Jesse in the house. How are you, man? Hey, man. Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for jumping in. Thanks for being a part of the conversation, for talking with us today. Uh, making time out of your very very busy day. I know that you got a uh, you got a pretty jam packed schedule with all the stuff you do. Yeah, 
thanks for having me, man. I'm glad to be here. You bet. So uh, for those that may not be familiar with who you are, what you do, all of that good stuff, uh, I want to give you a, uh, a quick minute or two or 10, even however long you need, I guess. Uh, give us a rundown. Uh, what is One Shot TV? Uh, what all do you do? Well, um, that's kind of a hard question to answer. I'm obviously a gun <laughs> channel. I basically just shoot guns and try to make it entertaining to watch. Uh, ballistics testing, experiments, try to kind of find the middle ground between informative and fun to watch. So that's how I would describe it. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Definitely. And there, uh, there is links below for one shot TV as well. So everybody can get to that quickly and, and easily. Um, so where was the, where was the starting point for you with the, with the whole YouTube thing? Well, let's back up a little further than that. Let's get into a little bit of your, uh, history as far as, as being a firearm owner, as far as being around firearms and the firearm culture. Um, what did your upbringing that your childhood, your family environment, what all that looked like in, in relationships to firearms? Well, I did not grow up with firearms. Um, I had BB guns and stuff like that as a kid, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until I was probably 20 years old that I actually got into guns. And it was honestly through the internet, like other, you know, some of the early YouTube channels like Hickok, um, probably Demolition Ranch back then. But watching gun channels on YouTube is what got me into guns. So I mm -hmm. didn't grow up with them, got into it as an adult. And um, that's kind of what inspired me to make a YouTube channel myself because it's what converted me. So I thought it's obviously an effective way to get people into guns and enjoy the hobby. So, yeah, and, and I tend to um, I tend to agree. Um, you know, we've got to have uh, normalization, right? I mean, if you if you come at it from the the Second Amendment angle, the the two A advocacy activism angle um you've got to have folks interested in whatever something is before they're going to really be paying attention to their their rights as it pertains to that yeah. um you know somebody who has never handled a firearm obviously somebody who doesn't own a firearm uh and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pigeonhole you know those people into a generalization here there are exceptions to the rule uh there are people that do not own firearms do not like firearms that still understand uh, the brevity of the Second Amendment, right? Uh, and that it is an inalienable right, and it should be respected, even though they don't participate. Uh, but I think the vast majority of people out there, uh, it's um, it's an it's an ignorance level, or maybe something like that, right? It's like, oh, it doesn't affect me. They're not a part of. They don't own firearms. They don't know much about firearms. What they hear about firearms, oftentimes, is very skewed in an anti-2A direction. Uh, and so, when Second Amendment stuff comes up when gun control legislation comes up, you know, all of that stuff, they, uh, uh, well, it don't affect me, right? I'm not a, I'm not a firearm owner. So, uh, being able to bring more people, I think, into the community, get their foot in the door, right? It can only be a help in my opinion. I agree. And it's funny because I remember back when I believe it was probably Sandy Hook, one of the big mass shootings, it was before I was really into guns big time. And, mm -hmm. uh, I remember the president, politicians, stuff like that, coming out trying to ban AR-15s and other rifles. And at the time, I didn't have any guns like that. So as embarrassing as it is to say, I didn't have a huge problem with it. I was honestly like believed, you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was like a 
far left anti-gunner, but I definitely wasn't educated on the topic. So mm-hmm. I kind of just accepted it as, yeah, people don't need crazy automatic rifles and, you know, the, the buzzwords that they use. And it's not until you actually own that stuff and you realize it's not, it's not nothing crazy. Like now they're coming after guns that I own. And that's when you kind of realize like, okay, this is, this is obviously not good. Not something I agree. Right. Yeah. 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 It's definitely, it, 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 folks get in trouble a lot of times for, for talking about the slippery slope. Right. But you know, when you, when you've got elements out there that, uh, you know, gun control is all about control. Make no mistake. It's not about the gun. If it would, there would be knife control. There would be vehicle control. There would be a lot of other groups out there, uh, fighting for, for a lot of other things. Um, it's about the control. And so since it's about the control, they're never going to stop. It's never going to be enough. Um, You know, and just look at, you know, just look at states. There are states and and jurisdictions and other things that have that have started out with, oh, well, we're going to go with a 15 round limit right on magazines. And the next thing you know, now it's now it's 10. Right. Like, where does it end? Right. Oh, we're we're going to go seven. Oh, we're going to go five. We're going to go one. Right. (laughs) Um, So. The, the problem is you don't stop evil and atrocities uh, with a piece of paper. Like, nobody cares. Look at what's going on uh, over with Israel and Palestine right now, right? Literally, like, yeah. there's there's treaties and agreements and pieces of paper and the Geneva Convention, and there's all kinds of things written down that says you can't do this and you can't do that to other countries. Yep. They don't care. <laughs> like, Man. When that piece of paper is not doing nothing. So laws and, and legislation work the same way. I mean, they're going to stop anything. No. And when they ban 10 rounders, 15 rounders, five rounders, whatever it is, and these things still continue to happen, then what? It's kind of like we know they will and we know they do, especially in America. So yeah, yeah, pretty slow for sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's a there's another side of this, too, that I think is 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 legit. I think it's valid is when you're talking about politicians, especially, uh, their number one thing is to stay in office usually, uh, to get reelected. And if they don't have the boogeyman to point at and go, you better put me in office or this, that, or the other. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, then they fear that they're not going to be reelected. And so it doesn't do them any good. If, if, politicians if our representatives actually solved problems I know. <laughs> um, th- they would work themselves out of a position or out of a job and that's what i'm saying and they realize that yep. so um that's one reason it's a it's a never-ending battle that's one reason you know there's always some boogeyman to go after yep. um and it's it's sad unfortunately it. i wish they wish they would focus on more important things like actually solving the the root causes of problems yep i agree um, but, uh, yeah, you know, back to your, back to your thing. I mean, there are, um, um, you know, there's a lot to be said and I know, I know straight up gun channels get a bad rap, but heck straight up two a advocacy channels kind of get a bad rap too. I mean, there's a lot of those that, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird give and take, I guess, because you'll hear, hear people that's like, well, you know, all that guy does is, you know, he just does reviews. He never talks about the second amendment. He never, and that's one of the great things about this show and this forum is like, we can have that, that conversation. Um, but 
you know, they never talk about things like that on their channel, right? Um, but then you've got channels that do that, and then a lot of them take it a step further in that it's almost fear-mongery, right? Uh, oh, the end is coming. Gun control's here. They're going to confiscate all of our stuff. It's like, eh, realistically, no, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's good. That's good clickbait. That would be like your video with, uh, what's a good clickbait title you use, right? Uh, oh. BB, BB gun versus the human head, right? Yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, like, everybody knows that a, a BB gun is not going to make a head explode. But, right. um, you know, it's it's a good catchy title. And so they do the same thing on the on the two A advocacy side as well. Um, so I think it's finding that happy medium, and um, and then realizing that you know it's a big community, and we have we have ushers at the door. Take take the church of two A, right? The church of two A. We have ushers at the door of the church, which would be more like like you guys, uh, and then we have the Tony Simons right behind the pulpit. Uh, diversity shoot two A four A. Big Tony Simon that's preaching. Right. And so it, it takes both. It takes folks to get people in the door and help them get seated. And then you got to have the ones that preach that two a gospel. So uh, a lot of people don't look at it that way. And I know there's people out there that don't go to church and it's an analogy. So uh, chill out on that. But, uh, uh, you know, it takes a, a little bit of effort from everybody, I think, to, uh, uh, you know, to ultimately win the two a the two a battle or at least keep up the fight. I agree. And it was, it was not the two a advocacy channels that got me into guns. So that's kind of how I look at it. It was like fun, right. just pure, whoa, guns are cool. Mm. And that's what me, <clears throat> what got me into it. So yeah, I think both are important. And now I watch probably more two a advocacy channels than I do like pure gun content, you know, because right. I'm stuff more. So yeah, I agree. Well, and you got to keep up. Um, you know, even if you don't cover that, that type of stuff, uh, it's, a, it's important to keep up, um, you know, especially your state, your know, local levels, you know, that sort of thing. It's very important. You know, you don't want to be, if your state, you know, for example, has passed a ban on this, that, or the other, and then here you are making YouTube videos and you've got quote unquote high capacity magazines or what it will, good Lord, um, that's very incriminating evidence you're putting out there yep. for everybody to see. Yep. Uh, now, you know, coming into, uh, coming into it, going back to what you were talking about, uh, you know, coming into firearms and all that kind of thing, uh, in your, in your early twenties or whatever, it's a lot sooner than a lot of people that I'm seeing out there. I see so many people nowadays that, uh, man, 40, 50 years old, Really? You know, coming around to it. Yeah, so many, right? Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, we see the younger folks, but we 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 always see the, seems like we always see the, the younger folks. Um, but it's kind of startling the, the amount of people I see that, you know, never handled it. They were 40 years old before they handled a firearm or, you know, got into it or anything like that. And I'm thinking, wow, like that's, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I tease folks all the time that, you know, my mother had a hard time at birth because I was born with a shotgun. Um, it's just, it's always been a part of my life. And I, I can't fathom 20 years old. It's like, okay, I can kind of see 20 years old. And I know a lot of folks have a lot of friends that uh, go stack, for example, there's one, that's one out there in the, uh, in the chat list um, that really didn't get into it heavy until, you know, he got into the military, uh, mm -hmm. you know, 
and uh, that's usually a younger a younger folk that that's that that's happened to. Um, and I could kind of relate to that a little bit, especially depending on the upbringing in your home life. It's, if it's not a part of that, you kind of got to get away from home uh, in order to be able to experience the world and experience other things. But it's just the 40 and 50 and 60 year olds or something that are just coming around to it. Uh, just, just bad. Um, to that, talk, talking about the young people uh, at, at your particular channel, uh, do you know how you know gaming and gamers and and things like that with the younger crowd play a role with with your channel do you have any type of a section to your demographic that kind of fits that mold i'm sure i do um it's hard to know i, I definitely see comments and stuff that i can tell are younger kids that play video games obviously mm -hmm. uh, i personally don't i just don't have time to play video games so i don't even <laughs> like what the hell's going on out there nowadays but um i have done a couple video titles you know like using video game guns type of stuff like that kind of right you know, in the beginning more but uh yeah i'm sure video games are huge i mean you can't deny like call of duty games like that are just awesome so right yeah you know, I like it like i said as a kid i played video games and that was way before i got into guns and it definitely sparked my interest for sure yeah, and I think that uh, um, you know, I, you know, I've even seen that. But you know, one thing that I've I've sort of noticed with your channel is, um, you're not you're not straight. You do a lot of homemade like homemade body armor, you know, testing and, and crazy things like that. But um, I don't think your channel, your channel, when I first met you, heard about you, looked over your channel, which was a series of unfortunate events sort of led to that, right? Uh, we won't get off down that rabbit hole, but um, your channel looked like a tactical, more of a tactical style channel. And it's really not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like, so you don't have a lot of uh, the video game I mean, yep. type stuff, right? You've got a lot of revolver, a lot of lever action, a lot of bolt gun, a lot of uh, things like that going on on your channel. Mm -hmm. um, so where does does that is that the type of stuff that you'd like to work with or because uh, you, you talked earlier about you really didn't have an AR-15, you know, prior to, you know, Sandy Hook and that particular era. Uh, did that just kind of stick with you and looks like, hey, I like them, but I like this other stuff better. Or is there a strategy to that? Well, n not necessarily. I I it's hard to say like what gun is my favorite or what type of, but semi-automatic rifles are definitely up there. I love AR-15s, AKs. Um, if, you know, if I could only have a couple guns, they would probably be those. So I won't say revolvers and lever guns I like better, but mm -hmm. I do like them. And I just like basically trying anything new, uh, really powerful stuff. So a lot of the revolvers and lever guns are like 4570s, 500 Magnums, stuff like that. Um, right. Crazy powerful cartridges that you can't really get in semi-automatics. So I just love guns, man. I like them all and I'll try anything. I've got elephant guns, 50 cows, <laughs> right. pretty much everything. So, yeah. Oops. Wrong thing there. What seems to do, uh, what seems to do best on your channel as far as viewership and what they kind of resonate with or relate to you think? 
I would say wild experiments. Um, okay. The ballistic dummy stuff, which honestly, I was into that kind of early. Um, now it's a lot more common. You see a lot more channels doing it. I don't blame them. It's, it's one of the most fun targets to shoot. Um, but those videos usually do well. And, you know, it just all depends. Really, it's hard to predict views. Sometimes you'll think this video is going to crush and then it don't. And then you post a video that you're like, man, this thing sucks. I don't even, you know, and then it does well. So, right. Um, it's kind of hard to, if I knew exactly what did well, I wouldn't have any that didn't do well, I guess. So, well, this is true. This but is yeah, true. The, the weird experiments, like you said, the BB gun versus head, just random stuff like that. People like I've done flare guns. <laughs> I've done flare gun videos. Those have done well. Um, yeah. Experiments, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, thinking outside the box could be, uh, I don't know, that could, that could be an asset sometimes uh, when it comes to, to content creation. Uh, but, you know, out of the, the different things that you do, what would you say, uh, since you're right, it's sort of hard to predict what the viewers are going to resonate with, what would you say is your favorite to go out and film? Hmm. Well, anytime I get out the 50 BMG, it's... Oh. Right. It's an adrenaline rush, unlike any other caliber. If, if people watching have never shot a 50 cal, it's it's different than anything else. Just the muzzle blast, the, the sound of it. Um, so there's nothing like a 50. I don't shoot it very often because it is obnoxious and we do have neighbors. Um, but I would say the big guns, elephant guns, 50 cals, ballistic dummy torsos, stuff like that is probably the most fun for me to film because right. um, it, it, the video kind of writes itself. You're just testing it. Whatever happens, happens. You don't have to get, you know, too in-depth on, on what you're doing. It's just a, a fun test. So I like doing that the most. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... it's. Um, do you have a 50 cal? I do, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's like it's made a couple of appearances in videos more so. Uh, I've shot it from some different tripods, mm -hmm. right, that I've had come in. I uh, shot it from some different, like, portable shooting tables and things like that just to illustrate, hey, this table or this tripod, look, it'll handle a 50, you know. Yeah. Um, even though it, it, my 50 is, um, you know, I don't know how, how yours is to shoot, but I... I would rather pull triggers on my 50 all day long than many, many other firearms. Like I'd much rather spend all day behind my 50 than a 300 wind mag or a 300 weatherby mag spending all day. I agree. Yeah. Uh, the weight, the big, huge break on the front. Like there's so many things that, that it's ominous and you're right. It, it looks it looks ridiculous and when it goes off it sounds ridiculous and all of that but the reality is it's not nearly as bad as the, the bark is not as bad as the bite is not as bad as the bark i guess is what i'm saying absolutely yeah i have elephant guns that are three to four times more painful um the 50s it, it's a it's about like a 12 gauge shotgun i mean as far as if what, you've got the right one, we should probably caveat that and say <laughs> if you've got the right one. Yeah. I, I've I've been sure. behind some fifties that will 
rip your entire shoulder off. Yeah. Um, custom builds or some yeah. janky something like that. But uh, if you've got a quality name brand, mass yeah. produced, then it's going to be designed as a shooter, no doubt. Yeah, mine's a fifty-pound Barrett or a forty-pound Barrett, so it's it's comfy. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. But mine's an Armor Light and runs about close to 40 without the optics and the bipod and everything else and then by the time you've got all that heavy duty stuff on there uh and the brake like i said the brake is obnoxious the brake yep. is is huge <laughs> actually the video i'm putting stuff next to the brake like bags of potato chips watermelons and just mm -hmm. watching pressure explode just from the oh yeah and it's it's incredible it really yeah is. Yeah, we had uh, we had ghosts. He says, "I like I like standing next to the uh, 50 when somebody shoots it. Uh, depending on where you're at, it's not yeah. good. Uh, like uh, like Jesse said here, there's a certain arc that yeah. stay inside that. You know, yeah. I tell people usually get behind me. You know, when I'm on and on, like get in behind me. A little bit to the left or right's fine, but you know you'll be okay. Um, yeah, I've had before where I've taken mine out and set up the camera, and I get it outside that arc in just the right spot." And the camera actually be 12, 15 foot from the from the rifle, mm -hmm. and it knocked the tripod and everything over. So, oh, yeah. um, it is literally an explosion. If you've ever uh, shoot prone, you don't <laughs> believe me. Uh, yeah. And for 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 God's sake, do not shoot that thing. Get on a tarp or something. Uh, get something underneath the muzzle for sure. But if you've got an exposed muzzle on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, and do it one time if you have an opportunity to shoot a 50 and you never have. Uh, get on exposed ground. Uh, man, if you're out in the woods with a bunch of leaves, it's even cooler. But yep. uh, And get down prone, rip off a round, film that, right? And then slow it down. And there's literally a concussion wave. It's literally an explosion. Like, yep. there's no other way to explain it. It's yep. unlike, any other, unlike any other firearm when you slow it down and look at it. It's like, yep. okay. That's insane. The first time I ever shot mine was like that on the on the ground, laying prone, fall, leaves, dirt, and I just got covered. But yeah. to make video, sometimes I don't take those precautions when I'm filming videos because I like the effect on video. So right, yeah. If you're going out to shoot, it's a little different than if you're filming a YouTube video because people love that stuff when they can see it. Like, whoa, look at the you know all the confetti. But have you ever shoulder fired one? Yours? Yeah, I have. Like, um, like, offhand, no. Rack. Like, like trying to offhand it. I mean, I, I mean, I have, but I mean, it's been, how do I put it? Like, I, I can't be accurate or anything else other than just shooting at some type of bat stop. Yes, I have. They're not really made for that, but I do it once in a while. <laughs> well, that's where I get that it's not as bad as what you might think. Yeah. You know. Uh, and, and let's be honest, this, again, it's the weight and it's that break when you've got, it's that whole idea of whatever it is, Newton's third law of motion. I don't remember, but you know, for every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. So, you know, you've got that break, the big shark fin that's directing all those gases backwards, right? While the projectile and everything else is the going down range, uh, it's, it offsets so much that it almost pulls away. Uh, yeah. And in and in slow mo, you can kind of see that that the rifle almost is moving away from you when it goes off, which is interesting. Yep. Yeah, I love it. 
I love it. And then the and then the the recoil that you do feel, and a lot of people, I know you've you've shot some forty five seventy and stuff like that. A lot of folks are skittish of forty five seventy. And my youngest daughter at 11, 12 years old, I don't even know, uh, got a hold of our 4570, man, back in the day. And for years, that was her favorite rifle. Like, I could not load enough 4570 for her to go out and shoot. And um, it it sounds ominous. It's a big cartridge. It it just 4570. Oh, it sounds crazy, right? Um, But... And it's a lot of recoil. Don't get me wrong. Depending on, especially depending on what ammo you're shooting, we typically shoot the 405 grain stuff. But, um, but it's a there's different types of recoil. I guess is what I'm getting at. And mm-hmm. so, like with a 4570, it's not a really sharp recoil right. impulse. It's a it's a heavier push. But because it's a push, it's slower. So, like the energy dissipates over time almost or something and still you're getting that real sharp recoil all at once one of my most hated uh rifles to shoot as far as recoil and i'm not recoil sensitive i'll shoot anything uh but one of the ones that bothers me or bugs me uh just because of the so many rifles i've shot in that caliber that the recoil just stings it's just it's weird it's 270 i don't know what it is about 270 i've never Uh, i've never shot one of them yeah, well, you've shot 308, right? And so, yeah, 270 is basically a, a, a neck down 308. Um, or is it, or am I wrong out there? Is it a neck down? Yeah, I believe it is. I believe it is. Um, but anyway, it's just, it's got this sharp, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. It's I just, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got, uh, yeah, Ghost out there. Uh, at Artac Bow, say yeah, the dust cloud when you rip off the 50. Totally cooled out. Chris with a 740 out there. Uh, he says, uh, we need him. I'm guessing he's talking about you. He says, we need him to get uh, the 500 Nitro and the 375s back on the channel. Says the Bigfoot video is one of his favorites. So We'll do it. Uh, this fall, Bigfoot usually comes out in the fall. So I'm expecting to see him soon. Yeah, the 500. 500- so actually that's a good example of recoil right there. The 500 nitro is a far more powerful, bigger bullet, bigger cartridge, heavier gun. It does have more recoil. Don't get me wrong, but the 375 actually stabs the shoulder more. It, it hurts more than the 500 nitro in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. But the 500 nitro is the hardest kicking gun I've ever fired in my life. It is nuts. And mine's kind of small and light compared to others. Uh-huh. That thing is an adrenaline rush. Every time I shoot it, it's like it throws me back several feet. But, you know, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Now, with with all the odd uh, the odd calibers, the large bores, the stuff like that, uh, are you reloading anything at all? Or, or is everything off the shelf that you're having to pick up for those? Off the shelf, man. Uh, that is wow. something that I've wanted to get into. And, and I've only got a couple. Like I said, I think the 500 and the 375 are the only two really like weird ones that I have. Um, and as soon as I got them, that was the, you know, the majority of the comments where you need to start reloading and, and stuff like that. So it is something that I want to get into because the 500 Nitro is more than a 50 BMG. It's like 10 bucks a round or something when I bought them. Right. 
yeah, it would be smart for me to reload, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, with the uh, with some of that stuff, and, and with me, I mean, I go down to even like forty five seventy, uh, but I will not only reload, I'll cast, you know, I'll cast my projectiles and reload. So I mean, you're saving even more uh, that way. Yeah, and you, with the yeah, do what. You can really dial it in that way too, like exactly the loads you want and stuff like that. So, yeah, you could find that happy medium a lot of times with okay, this one doesn't absolutely beat you to death, but at the same time, it'll get the job done downrange, you know. Yep. Um, so it could be cool, and, and that's really where a lot of people I think that get into reloading. And right now, isn't it's been that way, you know, since the, since the pandemic hit, honestly. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody today, uh, this morning, as a matter of fact, uh, because it seems like there is an uptick. And I've noticed through some of my affiliate links and some of the other things, I've noticed an uptick in reloading stuff, reloading equipment. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting considering Vista sold a lot of their ammo to uh, the checks and uh, the Hornady plant issue. And uh, what am I thinking? Lake City. Uh, the government involvement with Lake City and all that. And I'm thinking, am I seeing an uptick in this reloading stuff because people are afraid of like an ammo panic buy or scare? And then we got, of course, World War III is always a threat, right? Um, and so that was my initial thought was maybe that's an uptick in things because of that. I don't know. And then I'm thinking, okay, wow, the people that are getting into reloading right now and buying this equipment, do they understand that this that the uh, components side, especially primers, uh, of the reloading thing like has not really come back yet from you know to, to pre pandemic levels? So they're going to buy all this equipment, and they may be severely uh, disappointed when they go to try to start getting components to actually reload. Uh, but my point with that was that a lot of people get into reloading thinking they're going to reload nine millimeter and save this big bunch of money. Mm. And it's like, unless you're talking about the, the calibers, the cartridges we're talking about, um, is it fun? Yeah. Can you dial in specific loads and, and create specific loads for different purposes? Yes. Uh, but are you going to save money on 9 millimeter on 357 on? No. <laughs> just no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that stuff's just easier to buy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got out there. All right, so go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I was going to say, I think the pandemic, not only did it get people into reloading and stuff like that, it also, you talked about earlier about 40, 50 year old new gun owners and getting into it for time. I think a lot of it was that, man. Like full grown adults seeing what happened and how quickly everything changed. Um, I know personally, I ran into quite a few of them who, just the pandemic alone is what got them into firearms and they're not politically on that side with almost anything else. But a lot of those, even people on the left are pro gun now. So yeah. kind of interesting. Well, I don't know. The whole left and right gets so janky to me. Yeah, I agree. It's like, where do you draw those lines? How do you put people in a box? You know, it's yeah. like that, that whole debate kind of aggravates me anyway. Like, yeah. um, you know, forever there have been people that, you know, even 
politically speaking, if they, you know, the left doesn't necessarily mean Democrat even anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, you know, if you're on the quote unquote left, it doesn't mean that, you know, you can be on the left and still be self-reliant, still um, take responsibility for your own security and safety and those sorts of things, right? Uh, now, you may be wacko wacko on every other political issue out there, you know, and that's what makes it hard. A lot of people, again, politically speaking, a lot of people want to put everybody into their own little box, whatever that little box might be. And again, that's hard to do. And then a lot of people, if, if you don't agree with them 100%, right. Um, and I think we need to be able to have conversations with people, um, even if we, we only agree with them 1%. If that 1% is the Second Amendment, if it is self-preservation, if it's um, self-reliance and being responsible for their own safety and that sort of thing, like, I'm not saying you got to be friends with them. I'm not saying you have to you know hang out with them all the time or go to dinner with them three nights a week or anything like that. Um, but I think it's good to have conversations with people like that. Um, because at the end of the day, when we're talking about, you know, the preservation of the second amendment, that's an ally. You may think it's not, but truth of the matter, it is. Yep. Yeah. As you have body out there, uh, say my fellow Americans should be able to defend themselves, family. Households from tyranny, among a lot of other other reasons for the Second Amendment. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't, uh, and we'll get into that in a second. Bill Serp Duo, what's he saying? He says, I reload cartridges that you'll never be able to find on the shelves. That's valid. Uh, there is a lot of that stuff out there. Um, yeah, I'm a little weird when it comes to the Second Amendment. A lot of people go down the road of self-defense when it comes to the Second Amendment. A lot of people go down the road, and they're absolutists on this. And then they go down the road of tyranny, as um, as Giovanni out there was saying. Um, I tend to look at the Second Amendment. The Bill of Rights was written to restrict the government, and what it, what was it written to restrict the government from? Well, it was written to restrict the government from a thirty thousand foot view uh, from infringing, from stepping on. Um, our life, our liberty, and our pursuit of happiness, or if you are into original intent, property, right? Um, and then, you know, you look at things like the Second Amendment, and it specifically says uh, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Okay, cool. Um Necessary to the security of a free state, and people automatically jump to tyranny or self-defense with that. <clears throat> what things? What things can threaten the security of a free state? Famine. Yeah, it's possible, right? Absolutely. So you know, in the sense of you know, you need it for hunting, you need it for you know. So I see it more as, and I think self-preservation is why I usually go down that road. A self-preservation can be okay you need it to sustenance right you need it for food that's self-preservation uh somebody that's you know a 
a normal person, another human, uh, on your property, whatever it is, uh, trying to do you harm. Well, okay, defensive situation in that. That's self-preservation. Um, or if you're talking tyrannical government, again, self-preservation. So um, I'm not. A, I, this is what I'm saying. I, I kind of look at it a little bit weird. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not an absolutist, but so many people talk tyranny. And you know, to your point, I think, I think we may have come full circle a little bit when you were talking about, you know, you've got your channel and you're trying to bring people in and, and them see the community and see the fun and see all the cool stuff and get them invested in what the anti-gunners are honestly trying to take away. Um, I kind of see the same thing that when we talk about the Second Amendment, if we only talk about the tyranny, the tyranny, the tyrannical government, like there are people that, they just, they're going to get a glossed look on their face if that's like all you're screaming, yep. you know, or this shall not be infringed. And, you know, it's like, let's make it real. Like, hey, you want to live your life, right? Yeah. You don't want anybody to bother you, right? Yeah. You don't want to starve to death, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. you want to have fun. Let's take shooting sports and throw that into the mix, right? Yep. You want to have fun in your life, right? Like, well, firearms, the ability, the, the, the inalienable right to keep and bear arms provides all of the above. It literally checks box D, all of the above. Yeah. I've literally had conversations with people about the Second Amendment, obviously a bunch of them. And some people are just so, like you said, left and right. They're just so brainwashed by whatever they hear, the left, you know, wing news, politicians, whatever. I literally had one guy tell me that he would rather his family be victimized than to defend them with a gun. That's how anti-gun that he was. And, you know, people like that. Wow. It's just kind of like, man, I don't, I don't relate with you on any level. Um, right. There's yeah, people out there that are just so far. The second amendment talking definitely is not going to, they've heard it all before. The shall not be infringed in, you know, they've heard all that before it doesn't do anything for them so there's a few of those out there but i would say 99 percent of people would agree with self-preservation the right to defend yourself your family stuff like that so i think tyranny yeah. is just the most extreme example of fighting back against your own government so that's the one people go to like that's that's what it's for it's the worst case scenario if, if you're literally fighting right. the government that's bad so yeah yeah, yeah, and I mean, and not to say that you know the worst case can't happen. I mean, the the founders and the framers obviously that was at the forefront of their thoughts, right? Yep. They had just come out of that, so obviously that's a part of the Second Amendment, without a doubt. Yep. Um, but there's a reason they use the words that they used, and so if you look at that, like I'm really big when people say. You know, oh, well, you know, you can't have nukes and you can't have an A-10 warthog and you can't have this and you can't have that. The Second Amendment doesn't say that. It's like it says arms. I mean, it says arms for a reason. Arms is a second century B.C. sword or it is a modern day minigun. Like that is an arm. If you, And if you go back to revolutionary times, there were privateers they were private literal private warships people had warships back in the day like people had a10 warthogs back in the day right <laughs> like their their version of it anyway um so you know people had cannons people had all of this stuff um 
there's a reason the, the founders use that word arms. And so when I look at the Second Amendment, I get into the um, original interpretation, like get into their mind frame. Why did they choose the words they choose? Because make no mistake, they were very meticulous in the words they choose throughout, especially the Bill of Rights and honestly in the entire Constitution. But they were very meticulous for a reason. And so I think we need to we need to look at that words. And when they say security of a free state, they could have very easily said to defend against tyranny. Right. Yeah. But that's not what they said. <laughs> they, they said that they're ne it's necessary to the security of a free state. Um, that's a much broader term that encompasses a much broader thing and they obviously realized if you get back into those times you know how difficult would it be for famine to take hold in those times right for you know people to be hungry or starving or you know something like that and that be uh, an issue that causes unrest you know because of that um you know so you know i think it makes a difference and so i think we need to to always be kind of thinking about that um yeah anyway <laughs> uh let's uh let's shift gears i was looking at uh giovanni out there the first two minutes of their conversation to show show you who's who's who i have no idea what he was saying out there so uh we're gonna move on because we're about we're about 45 minutes into this thing and we're gonna have a little fun uh, it is a uh, segment brought to, if I can find my thing here, it is a segment brought to us by our friends over at Anderson Manufacturing. It's called On the Spot. So we're going to put uh, Jesse here with Watch Shot TV on the spot. Uh, before we do that, real quick, uh, yeah, I got to play. I played around yesterday, and I teased it on yesterday's podcast we recorded, too. I played around extensively with the Anderson Kiger as well. Uh, as the uh, it's back here behind me, I can't touch it, YouTube, but it's right here. The uh, Anderson AM9 little uh, carbine rifle there. Later on, both of those pretty extensively yesterday. Uh, I am absolutely enjoying those. Uh, and you know, say it every podcast, we're still waiting. Fingers crossed. Uh, I know that they exist because I've seen them at several shows, but as far as uh, being in production, they're not yet. And that's the Anderson bolt rifles. Uh, coming down the pipe, we uh, we hope we uh, the way we understand it in 30865 Creed and uh, my caliber of choosing my cartridge of choosing the 300 Win Mag. So uh, big thanks to uh, of course Anderson Manufacturing. So uh, yeah, we're gonna put you on the spot with a few things. Uh, there's no right or wrong answers here, and I'm gonna say that there is right or wrong answers, and I will chastise you if you get it wrong. But uh, you're not gonna know until you answer. We'll just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, you can you can answer these however you want. You can caveat them. Uh, just uh, we're just having fun here. So we're we're gonna kick it off with uh, what was your first firearm? Twelve gauge shotgun, Benelli Supernova, pump action, twelve gauge. Got it when I was probably twenty years old. Oh wow! Still have it. The uh, one of the, the talking about kicking really hard, one of the worst kicking shotguns, I think, on the planet, right there. So, <laughs> really, uh, I think so. I think the Nova, the Supernova to me are just, I don't like the, yeah, there's just something about it. I, I shoot a lot of shotguns, and I, there's something about those too. They do, kind uh, of, maybe it's because they're so 
plasticky and lightweight. Uh, what's funny I is, think it is. I think it is. They also take three and a half inch shells, which is ridiculous because those are the hardest kicking 12 gauge shells there are. But well, this is true. Yeah, this is true. Uh, that's a heck of a first one, man. Like talking about talking about weaning yourself off of recoil sensitivity early. Yeah. Uh, you get that one. You get the Benelli Supernova right out of the gate. Like everything else is a chip shot, man. Like yeah. not a big deal. <laughs> Yeah. That makes so much sense that you shoot the 500 nitro and the you know the other stuff now makes yep. so much sense. Uh, first vehicle. Ooh, 1996 GMC Jimmy. Oh, a Jimmy, nice. Got it. Nice. Yep. Yep. I have a... it. So, yeah. Now go ahead. It was a piece of junk. Um, well, of course. Yeah, probably had a hundred thousand miles on it, but I got a car when I was sixteen. So right, well, first vehicles. That's why I said, of course, first vehicles usually a piece of junk. <laughs> I haven't heard about. I haven't heard the Jimmy mentioned in. Oh my gosh, like yeah. forever. So that's I've, pretty cool. Now, two wheel drive or four wheel drive? Uh, it was four wheel drive. Oh snap! Okay, okay, that's better. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> nice um favorite cartridge oh, you've, you've shot I, so many that's tough so you can caveat that however you want i knew this question would probably pop up um dang i'll go ahead and say man so i'm gonna i'm gonna say five five six just because to me it's the most easy to use slash effective common it's a nato cartridge everybody has them um and it's obviously not nearly as powerful as a lot of the other stuff i shoot not as fun as the other stuff i shoot but if stuff went down and you know to actually defend myself with a firearm i like the 556 right it's valid it's valid uh favorite band or musician good grief Led Zeppelin. Oh. Uh, I like it. Uh, favorite actor or actress? Man, I don't watch movies anymore. Um, it could be an old one. Who's a good actor? <laughs> you, can't, you can't ask for help, man. Can't I, like, I like Leo's movies. Leonardo DiCaprio. I like most of his movies. Leo is solid. Leo is solid. Leo is... Plus, he's a player, so. <laughs> well, this is true. Yeah, yeah. Um, Leo is one of the things. I'm trying to remember when I, the first time that I ever seen Leo, and I think it was on Growing Pains, maybe, way back in the day. What's Eating Gilbert? Uh, that was a good one. What's it? Yeah, that's true. Was he on Growing Pains before then? I don't I know. Don't, I don't remember. But I'm not sure. I, I don't think I ever saw Growing Pains, but. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. And uh, he was just a uh, supporting character in that, obviously. Um, but he has had some pretty amazing roles: Wolf of Wall Street, yep. uh, uh, Django Unchained. Oh my God! Like crazy movie to watch now with the way that the the you know cancel culture is. I don't think they could do that movie now. I, I believe that I believe that they could just simply because of uh of what's his name um 
oh my god like crazy director guy whatever um who am i thinking help me out there in the live chat somebody tarantino. Uh, tarantino there you go uh i think tarantino is teflon when it comes to that i agree uh, yeah. I, I really do um but yeah just the things that dicaprio like he had a say and do in that role, like, oh my God, like the commitment to be. How many other actors would not accept that role? They'd be like, you know what? You've lost your mind if you think I'm going to get in front of a camera and record this. Yeah. But he's like, he's like, let's do this. And he sold it. He absolutely sold it too, which was what was awesome. Um, let's see, what do we got? Uh, favorite, uh, favorite historical site or uh, could be. Uh, you know, I say it's a historical site on here, but it could be like national treasure or you know that sort of thing. Hmm. Place to place to visit, I suppose. Uh, either that you have been to or that you would like to go to. Either way. Man, that's tough. Um, I haven't been to a lot in America. I'm really obsessed with like World War II history. I love World War II history, just the whole story of that. Right. Uh, firearms from that era. I really like, um, yeah, I mean, I can't really say I'd like to go back to, you know, visit Nazi Germany in World War II, but there's just something about that war that is, is really fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as a historical site that I would like to go to, I don't know. That's kind of tough. Yeah, I don't know. I can't even give you any suggestions there because, you know, when you talk, I'm sure there, if you wanted to go to Europe and travel around Europe, I'm sure there are some places over there, yeah. you know, uh, historically that are tied into, into World War II. So I'm sure that's a trip somebody could make if they wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I'll go with that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Um, you said you were eating breakfast earlier. So uh, last last question here. Uh, do you have a favorite breakfast cereal? Man, I don't really eat cereal. Um, Mr. Fancy Pants over here, he don't eat cereal. Well, <laughs> I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love cereal. Probably, I would probably go with like Raisin Bran. I like Raisin Bran. Oh, okay. Well, that's even more boring than saying you don't eat cereal. So you just topped yourself there. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> He, mean, was, he was he was better off. We loved you. We loved you more when you were just Mr. Fancy Pants. Now yeah. you're boring Mr. Fancy Pants. Well, so and stuff like that is good, but man, it's been <laughs> I've eaten it. Now, okay, Raisin Bran. We'll go down this road. We'll go down the road because you started it. You opened the door. Right. Raisin Bran. Post or Kellogg's? Dude, I don't even know which one I which one I get. Kellogg's has more sugar. Probably catalogs then. Okay. Going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All this truth out there says bread. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was on the spot. Thanks for playing along, man, with us. Uh, and that was uh, brought to you by our friends over at Anderson Manufacturing. I think, I think there's a code for them, and I'm pretty sure, like all my codes are Clover Tack. You guys know that. Uh, but uh, you get a free cookie, maybe. I don't know what you get, with a, to be honest with you, with the code. But um, there it is. So if you're over there and uh, feel inclined to use the code and see what you get out of it, you might be surprised. Um, I'm going to give you give you a uh, give you a minute here as we as we wind the hour down. Uh, if there's anything that we potentially 
forgot to talk about that we need to? Is there anything that's coming up on the channel? Anything that you've got going that uh, folks should know about? Just posting as usual. Uh, I've been really busy this month. I'm trying to do two videos a week instead of one, which is tough. Um, just the type of content that I make. It's a lot of editing and filming and stuff like that. But no, nothing in particular. Just uploading as usual. And um, I want to thank you for having me on since... The first time I met you, you've helped me out tremendously. Like, honestly, you didn't know me at all. And, you know, I feel like I owe you for that. So I really appreciate all the help you've done for not only me, but for a lot of gun tubers that have had problems with YouTube monetization. I recently got my channel hacked. You were the first guy I called. So um, I just appreciate, you know, everything you've done for me. I appreciate you having me on. And yeah, thank you. So, no, you bet. And, uh, you know, I obviously don't do any of that, you know, uh, expecting anything in return. It's all about, you know, helping people, especially in your case. Uh, so many folks that do so many stupid things as a creator and then they get smacked. And then, you know, in yours, man, the frustration that you had, um, yep. and I totally get it. Like you wake up one morning and it's like, what happened? Uh, yeah. None of my videos. But, monetized all my videos are fine the whole channel like what the heck happened it's so. all gone yeah yeah and i was trying to calm you down i remember that but i mean how what are you gonna do folks you know when somebody their entire channel gets hacked i mean this it's literally the end of the world for for jesse there and i'm like you know what youtube's got safeguards they're gonna fix this just just breathe dude breathe <laughs> it's okay um and uh and thankfully they did thankfully they did get it all fixed uh as far as uh as far as shot are you playing on shot in 24 or i might go 24 yeah uh when is that is it later in the year or early in the year oh january yeah january i don't even know i don't have my calendar in front of me but like the third week i think it's usually like the third week of january i think is shot uh registration's open loud by the way so uh registration opened what about a month ago now, three weeks ago or something like that, probably. So, um, and with the size of your channel and other things, I mean, it's just a matter. Hit me up if you need some help getting registered or whatever for it. Uh, but yeah, you're a, you're a shoe in. <laughs> like you're not going to have a problem. Smaller channels have issues, but uh, yeah, your size. Yeah, it's just a matter of going through the, the motions of getting registered. And I think you'll probably be good to go uh, if you wanted to do that. Thanks, Chris, for the 740 out there. I know he'll be going for sure. Uh, so this is January 23rd through the 26th. 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th. That means the 22nd is range day. So, uh, yeah. Monday is always the range day with four days of the show. So. Where is it at this year? Do you know? Oh, it's always in Vegas. Always in Vegas. Okay. I knew it was. It was last year. It was in Vegas, I thought. but. Yeah, they traveled for quite a number of years. They moved around, kind of like the NRA show or USCCA or other things. And then, uh, I don't know how many years ago now, but probably at least 10, uh, they've been locked into Vegas. So, uh, which is kind of nice in a way because it's easier to plan. You know, you can plan, make sure it's planned every year. You stay in the same places if that's the case, you know. Uh, you kind of have a, an idea of what your airfare is going to be if you're going to do that or if you're going to drive, what the fuel cost and the other things are. So there's some advantages to not moving around. Yeah. Uh, and Vegas is a pretty fun fun town to hang out with and yeah, hang out in and stuff like that anyway. Yeah. yeah totally. 
Um, okay, so if folks uh, are looking, they want to follow what you do, they want to see all the new content. Uh, I know you're on Instagram. You're obviously on YouTube, and the links below, folks, for uh, for YouTube for sure. Uh, where are you at? Where can they follow? Do you have a website? Can people get on a email list? What's the uh, what's skinny on all that? Uh, no website. I'm One Shot TV on YouTube. One Shot underscore TV on Instagram. I do have a Patreon. I don't. I don't really post to it much anymore um but yeah mainly just youtube and instagram i love guns so come check it out there you go we got to work on the website get you an email list and all that going we've got to no reason you shouldn't have one uh, so yeah thanks again uh jesse with watch out tv for uh for joining us and uh, having a talk here for a little bit absolutely appreciate it and uh we'll see you around and we'll get you back out eventually too thank you man and uh, yeah, with that, let's uh, let's shift gears here uh, and tell everybody out there. Uh, thanks for the, the questions, the comments, the other things that we uh, we had out there. Man, we went down a few different rabbit holes, didn't we? From two A to just all kinds of stuff. Uh, if you are out there, if you made it this far in replay an hour or something now, you're freaking amazing. So definitely let me know down in the comments below. Hey, I made it the hour because uh, yeah, you definitely win the internet for today. I think. Um, Big shout out to the Patreon patrons, to the YouTube channel members, obviously to Monstrum Tactical and Anderson Manufacturing for helping out with the podcast. Uh, next week, I don't have anything in front of me, and earlier the website was down, but it's up now. Bam, next week, we've got uh, Top Shot Chris Chang, our buddy Chris in the house, and Unapologetically Armed, which is Susan Myers. I'll be on the podcast next week. So straight up a 2A week with the guest next week on the podcast. We're recording this on a Thursday. And on the Thursday recording, um, the weekend is coming up. And we always say, hey, have a safe, happy, great weekend. Get out to the range. Have some fun. Uh, and uh, love on your family. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, yeah, going to do it for this one. Until next time, don't forget to chain fire freedom. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. We appreciate the Patreon patrons and YouTube channel members who keep these podcasts going. If you're looking for cool stickers, patches, and other gear, be sure to check out Clovertack.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Clovertack Podcast.